Scripture. And then the next morning you read something else, and that's your favorite passage. And then you read another thing, and that's your favorite passage. It's all good, isn't it? Isn't the Bible an amazing book? Uh, I'll tell you, if man, if man could have written it from his own ideas, he would never have written a book like this, for one. But I don't think he ever would have been able to do a book like this. This is an eternal book and has such wonderful truths in it that uh, encourage us along the way. And uh, I love the 91st Psalm. And uh, I want us to take a few moments to look. And uh, I'll be brief tonight. I'm not feeling real well, so I'm going to share just a few thoughts with you uh, from this particular psalm. And uh, we'll read it uh, in its entirety. And then uh, we'll take a look at several of the verses. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall uh, deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence He shall cover thee with His feathers. Under His wings shalt thou trust. This truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt Tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. What a wonderful psalm this is. There are certain promises that are given, and especially towards the first part of this uh, psalm, as we get towards the end of it, I believe that there are even pictures here of some things regarding our precious Savior and uh, some things that God gives us there as well. But as we go through this psalm, uh, I think that it's important to note that there are so many precious things that God promises to us. And as we look at uh, verse number four, the Bible, uh, verse number three, the Bible says, "Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence." He doesn't promise to take these things away from us, but he promises to deliver us from them. Uh, he says in verse four, "He shall cover thee with the feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His, tr- his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night." or the arrow that flieth by day. And again, He doesn't take these from us. He allows us to go through them without the fear. Verse number 6, Nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. But all of these things are conditional in this psalm. 
And I believe the, the, the strongest words in this psalm and the ones that make uh, are, are the most important for you and I to grab a hold of and understand fully are found in the very first words of verse number 1. The psalmist writes, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Now I want to stop for a moment and, and address this for a few moments. There's a few thoughts here regarding this. First of all, uh, understand that uh, the word secret here is not used in a sense of something that God tries to hide and we have to try to find it. But it is really more in reference to something that is not of common experience. This is something that uh, doesn't commonly happen. Although this is the desire of God that it would, this is something that is beyond the average. This is not just the mundane or the casual Christianity or walk with God. But there is something distinct about the, what the Bible refers to here as the secret place. This is an uncommon place. It's a place that is not commonly uh, sought after or dwelt in. I heard, uh, I think it was Charles Spurgeon, uh, I was reading some comments he had on this uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I think uh, he was the one that made the, the reference to uh, a picture of the Old Testament tabernacle. And he said those that uh, were in the outer court never got to experience what those who got to go into the most holy of places got to experience. It was not the common place, but it was the place that was closer to the presence of God. And this place of walking with God, we sang the song just a minute ago, is glory. Just to walk with Him is an interesting phrase, I think. When the, when the temple, when the tabernacle was built in the wilderness and then later on the temple, uh, the Bible says that there was, of course, the outer court of the temple, the tabernacle, and then there was the smaller place that was called the Holy of Holies. And uh, only the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. But the interesting thing to me was when God had them build this tabernacle and God had the Israelites build this temple, He had this place called the Holy of Holies. And inside of that, there were a few uh, things that were in there. But one of the greatest ones was the Ark of the Covenant uh, that the Levites would carry whenever they would travel on their shoulders. And above that, there were seraphim, uh, cherubims that had their wings over it. And uh, they, they, they referred to that as the mercy seat. This is the place where when the priest would walk in with the blood that had been sacrificed for atonement, he would go in and he would sprinkle that blood on that mercy seat and their sins would be covered for another year. Uh, I'm thankful when Jesus came, he was the perfect lamb and we don't have to make those sacrifices anymore. He was, the Bible says, He died once for all. He doesn't have to keep dying again. He doesn't have to keep experiencing the pain again. He, he died once for all. He put that blood on the mercy seat, and it was perfect blood. And it now covers our sin. It now uh, redeems us. And uh, so this was a special place, this place. And so when this place was built, and they had the curtains that covered it, and they put the Ark of the Covenant in there, and they dedicated the temple and the tabernacle, and then later on the temple... In each of the occurrences, and then when they rebuilt the temple again in the book of Haggai, uh, you'll find that in each of the occurrences, when it was dedicated, the presence of God came and filled the temple. In fact, in the book of Haggai, because the, there was a, a rebuilding of the temple that had been destroyed, uh, and uh, there was nothing in comparison to what Solomon's temple that he had built was like, 
it was a good temple, but it, it didn't compare. It was smaller. And people griped about that and said, oh, this temple isn't as good. And, and, and God spoke to him and said, listen, you keep right on going. Don't be discouraged by this because I'm going to fill my house with my glory and the glory of this house is going to be greater than that one of the first. And, and the thing that made the temple of God so special was the presence of God and the glory of God in it. The place of holy, the holiness, the holy of holies, the holiest of all, had the very presence of God in it. And the Bible says that uh, it was filled with uh, the, the light of His glory. The, the Bible refers to it, the word is used, that it was the Shekinah glory. It's a, I think that was a Hebrew word, if I'm not mistaken, to try to describe that this was a holiness and a glory that shone uh, in this place. And this was God's way of, uh, of having His presence among His people. And the closer that a man got to the presence of God, the more uncommon that place became. It wasn't something that was uh, reached all oftentimes. But it was done once a year by the high priest. Jesus died on the cross. And the day that He died, the Bible says that that veil that used to separate the outer court from the Holy of Holies, the Bible says that that veil was rent in two. And now man has access to God. We could come right into His presence. But the psalmist said, there's a uniqueness to this coming into God's presence. Some of us walk with God. Some of us spend time with the Lord. But where are, where are we dwelling? Are we dwelling in the secret place, the place of uncommon dwelling with God? Where there's, where there's a a closeness with Him. I wrote down this as I was studying for this, this note, I wrote down this, the greater our closeness with God is, the greater these promises that God gives to us are. We all like to walk with God. We like to spend time reading our Bible. We like to spend time in prayer. But you ever known those times in your life where there was just a special season of that? where we just hungered and thirsted for God's Word more. We, we would come into the prayer time, and it was so sweet, wasn't it? Those times where we'd get there, and you know, the, the clock didn't matter anymore. The time didn't matter. We didn't want to leave that place. The sweetness. A songwriter wrote a number of years ago in our hymnal, we sing it sometimes. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that draws me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. I wonder how often our walk with God becomes common. We leave the secret place we leave that level of, uh, of uncommon relationship with God, the sweetness of it. Notice what the psalmist says here in verse number 1. These promises that, that he's getting ready to tell of are for the person that are descri that's described here as he that what? Dwelleth. He that dwelleth. I wrote down a note here. 
we began trusting in God. Let's continue in it. We began walking with God. Let's continue in it. I believe that God's desire for us, the whole reason that He sent His Son to this earth to die on the cross, was so that you and I could be reconciled to Him. That we could have that fellowship and that communion again. Not just in this life, but for all of eternity. His desire is to be with us. His desire is to walk with us. You know, the Bible tells us that when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, one of the great things that God did back then was He came and He walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. God's desire is to fellowship with His creation. He desires to do this, and the only hindrance to that is us. It certainly is not Him. He has done everything to reach out and to make a way for you and I to come to Him. Here's the problem I face in my life, and I don't know if you struggle with it or not, but I've struggled with it and continue to struggle with it and probably will until the day we get to heaven. And that is this. There are times that I get to that secret place, but so often I don't dwell there. I don't stay there. Life happens and I begin to get distracted. Things become more important to me. I began to to lower some priorities that ought to be the top of my priority list. And I began to allow other things to take its place. And the psalmist said, He that dwelleth. He didn't say He that visiteth. But He that dwelleth in the secret place. Not a place that God's trying to hide from us. No, on the contrary, He longs for us to be there place that we don't commonly get to. It's not something that is looked around and and most people experience this. This is an uncommon relationship with God. He says this in verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You see the words dwelleth, if you're in the habit of underlining, you ought to write that word, underline that word dwelleth and emphasize that as you read this. But I believe God's will is for us to walk in that place all the time. Not just visit it once in a while. Not just have periods in our lives of revival. But to live a revived life. To dwell there. He goes on in verse number 1, and if you will underline this word, abide. Not only do we set up our dwelling there, but we stay there. We abide there. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The psalmist writes, I will save the Lord. And I love this in verse number 2. And this thought struck me as I was reading this. Look at, look at how he words verse 2. And, and this is something I don't know that I've seen before when I've read this particular psalm. But he says, I will say of the... Look, look at the capital L and the capital O, the capital R, the capital D. This is an expression of God Himself, of God Almighty. And, and this is a... a an acknowledgement of the psalmist that He is the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He is God Almighty. He is Jehovah. He is the one that is the creator of the universe. And He says this, I will say of, of the Lord, He, look at the word here, is, not going to be, but is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him, notice this, This is an interesting thing to me. In Him, He doesn't say, I trust. 
He said, in Him will I trust. Wait a minute, David. You're saying that He is already your God. He's already this, this refuge, this fortress. You don't have to tell us that you're going to follow Him. You're already doing it. I think there's something to be learned here. And that is this. The psalmist knew that that secret place could be departed from. It's one thing to trust the Lord today, to hold Him as your fortress today, and your high tower today. But what about tomorrow? I don't know that I've ever seen that in verse number 2, the way that was worded. His trust was already in the Lord, but he said, not only am I trusting Him, I'm going to continue to. Oh, it'd be, it'd be a wonderful thing if you and I could make that decision, the purpose in our hearts. I'm not just going to be trusting Him today. I'm going to go ahead and trust Him the rest of my life. I'm going to do it from here further on out into the future. I'm just going to keep on trusting Him. There's a wonderful truth found in verse number 2, just in those little words. Not only was the psalmist already trusting God, but he says, I will trust in Him. Surely, I love that word, don't you? Uh, this is something that you can, you can take to the bank. This is something that is secure. This is something that is true. This is something that is secure. This is something that is, and here's the Bible word they use here, this is something that is sure. You can mark it down. It will happen. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. I wrote down a few things here. The greater our closeness with God, the greater comfort that He gives. We're under the shadow of His wings. But we've got to abide in the shadow in, in the secret place of the Most High. If we're going to have these promises, we've got to we've got to dwell there. We've got to abide there. When we get this place of a greater closeness with God, that's why I believe that the Christian life is a continuous journey of drawing closer to Him each and every day. When I wake up tomorrow, my desire ought to be, Lord, I want to love you more today than I ever have in my life. I don't want to look back and look at a day in my past that I've ever loved you more than I love you today. Because I want my love to grow for Him every day. I want to draw closer to Him every day. I want to have more of a desire to walk with Him every day. Why? Because the closer I get to Him, the more He comforts. The closer I get to Him, I wrote down this, the greater the closeness, the greater my confidence in serving Him. You ever notice the boldness that comes as you get closer to the Lord? It's amazing to watch. Some of us look back to a year, two, three, four years ago, five years ago, and we thought, you know, I never would have told anybody about the Lord then, but now I, I just have opportunities and want to tell people about Him all the time. Why? Because our confidence grew. We began to dwell in the secret place. And the greater our closeness to God became, the closer we drew to His presence, the longer we dwelt in that presence, the more our relationship grew. The greater our comfort, the greater our confidence, the greater our courage. Notice he says in verse number 5, Thou shalt not be afraid. <laughs> I'm thankful that I do not have to fear what Satan can do to me. Oh, he might destroy this body. 
But you know one of the great things about being saved? He can never have my soul. While they may conquer this physical flesh, they can never conquer my spirit. There's something new inside of me. The Holy Spirit of God that made me new and a new person, a new man, all things created new. And I'll tell you what, that's something Satan can't get his hands on. I'm thankful. I don't have to fear those things. The greater our closeness with God, the greater God's deliverance from Satan and from sin. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by day, nor the arrow that flieth by day, or by terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. You know, you look at those times and days, and it's pretty much there's trouble on every hand, isn't there? Yet when we draw close to the dwelling in the secret place, that fear seems to wane. The songwriter wrote this years ago. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. What was the songwriter saying? He was saying, the closer I get to God, the more I don't worry about the things of this world. The more they don't really have that much of an appeal to me, the more they don't draw me to it. The enticement of sin is not as strong on me as I get closer to God than it used to be. It's interesting as he goes on to say in verse number 7, A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only, I love this verse 8, look at this, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. You know what the psalmist was saying there? We're not going to experience it. We don't suffer the reward of the wicked. Only our eyes are going to see it. We're not going to have to go through it. I'll tell you what. I'm thankful for a Savior that not only saved my soul, but lets me walk with Him. And by the way, all of these things are conditional to dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. That unusual, that uncommon presence of God. That time where we hunger and thirst for Him more than we have at other times. The shadow of the Almighty removes the gloom of the night. The temptations that Satan gives, the arrows, the, the fiery darts that Satan sends our way. I, I wrote down some notes here. God quenches those. God allows us to live above our fear in the most pestilent of places. Isn't that a wonderful thing? This world is, is getting worse and worse. By the way, it shouldn't surprise us. Now, it can grieve us. We can certainly be saddened by it. And we ought to be. We ought to be praying for it. But the Bible already told us that the world's going to wax worse and worse. We ought not be surprised by it. And as it gets darker and the pestilence seems to get greater and greater, you know, the truth of, the, the truth of uh, walking in God's presence is he, His light vanishes that darkness. It, it kind of puts that, that away from us. And while we may be in the world... We're not of it. We're not of it. His peace that He promises in this psalm does not rise and fall. It does not ebb and flow, but it is a constant, with this exception, only to Him that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. If all we do is visit there occasionally, these promises are going to rise and fall. 
God's peace will be there one day and not another. We'll, we'll, we'll worry and become anxious until we draw close to Him again. And dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is a place God intends for us to live. Not visit. Not just have times in our life where we get there. There are so many things that God teaches us along the way that He longs for us to know. The Bible tells us that the Word of God is, is given to us and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And then I love this and instruction in righteousness. The Bible talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit of God is our teacher that brings us to Christ, that teaches us the truth of this wonderful book. And I think it would be a wonderful thing if you and I, we're here in a few weeks, Lord willing, we're going to start a, a, a branch uh, of a Bible institute that Brother Tully has, and we're going to start that here at Keith Heights and allow people to take some uh, Bible college-level credits and, and training and learn some things from the Bible. And I'm thankful that we get to have the opportunity to go to a school like that. But what what a school it is when we let God do the teaching. Can you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus in His presence? This world teaches us an awful lot of things. Sometimes things we don't want to know. We're in it. We see it. It's around us. It goes in our eyes. It goes in our ears. And we learn of it. Oh, that we would draw to that secret place that unusual presence of God in our life and sit down there and dwell there and abide there so that God could teach us in all truth. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to live? I'm not saying there wouldn't be some valleys in our lives. He doesn't promise to, to uh, keep these things from happening to us. He does promise to deliver us from them. He does promise to give us strength and victory over them. But oh, what a joy that is. I think it would be a wonderful thing if you and I could learn to make our habitation, the place where we live, the place where we dwell, to make it in the secret place, this uncommon place, the place that, for whatever reason, does not get visited as often as it should. Oh, that we could dwell there. You ever get to that place where you just hunger and thirst for the Lord? I'll tell you, I, there's times in my life, and I, I've been there before, and I've talked with some of you, and I know you all have shared, many many of you have shared times where you've said, you know, I, I'm just I'm in a dark place right now. I, I, I read the Bible, and I don't seem to get much from it. I pray, and I don't seem to get much from it. Then there are other times where it's so sweet, and you, just, you feel like you can just reach out and hug God's neck. And I'm not trying to be sacrilegious. You just feel like He's that close. And you don't want to leave there. You're, 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 you're there in His presence. You think, Lord, there is no place in this world right now that I'd rather be than right here with You. That's the secret place. The psalmist said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I think all of these promises God gives in this psalm are things that we desire to have in our lives. And we can have them. We can never get to the place where we can learn well in the secret place of the Most High. I think there's something that has to happen in order for you and I to do that. Our faith in everything that God does. That everything that God does is good and it's right has to be paramount in our lives. 
it's interesting for me. The Bible talks about the fact that His way is perfect. But so often, we, we get ourselves in the way. We say, Lord, uh, I can do it my way. You ever done that? The other day, I was trying to, trying to help Jonathan do something and, uh, on the computer. And I said, uh, you know, we were working on it. And he said, here, Dad, I can get it. I said, no, let me show you because I know how to do this. Let me show you. Oh, Dad, let me do it. I, I, I can do it. I can do it. Let me Here. And he pushed me over out of the way, and he put his hand on the, the keyboard and the mouse, and he sat there for the next few minutes trying to do it. And finally, when he gave up in frustration, I said, no, let me show you how to do it. And I thought of that when I was reading these verses. Why is it that we do this so often to God? If I want to live in His presence and closeness with Him, then I've got to say, Lord, I'm trusting You that everything You do in my life is always good and it is always right. And so I'm going to seek after that. When we begin to get our way, (laughs) His presence begins to dwindle. We start drawing further away from Him. If we're going to dwell in the secret place, folks, we've got to come to a place where we put our faith in the fact that everything that God does, everything that He does in our life is for our good and for His glory. It's always good and it is always right. The Bible says it this way. His way is perfect. It's perfect. We've got to learn to trust that. We know it up here. (laughs) I don't think there's a word I said tonight that we didn't already know. But you know the growth of the Christian life is not in learning something new. It's in doing and practicing the truth that we already know. We know so much of God's Word and so much of His truth and do so little of it. I hope we've learned to dwell in the secret place. I hope that will encourage you. I was reading through some of the Psalms this week and that one... Really just, I got to verse 2 and saw some things there. I thought, boy, this is exciting. I like this. And just wanted to share a few thoughts that were helped and a blessing to my heart this week. And uh, I'll be real frank with you, convicting. They were very convicting. And I hope we can learn to dwell there. All right, let's take a few moments for prayer requests, and uh, we'll have our prayer time, and then we'll be dismissed. Miss Kim.